presence, purpose, perception, and projection. In episode seven, I will explain the five important P's and how it's helped the way I see and carry myself in this world. How it's also allowed me to absorb so much more we often miss in life because of everyday distractions. I hope you enjoy today's chat and let's get to it. In my previous episode, a listener wrote in asking how she is supposed to live in this life experience. This subject is pretty broad and not all answers fit every seeker. I can only speak on what I have learned and continue to practice in my everyday life. I hope my five P's help you as much as they have helped me. So where do the five P's come from? They are a subject matter I have always been on a quest of understanding for many years. It wasn't until one evening that it dawned on me that they all started with the letter P, hence the name five P's. So let me get into explaining each one. Present and presence. They are two sides of the same coin. To be present means that the people and events around you are having an impact on you. This is the opposite of being detached or aloof. Life is supposed to make you laugh or cry, to bring you pain as well as comfort. Now, on the flip side, presence is your impact on the surroundings. Living is not a spectator sport and you have a role to play. By becoming more present and having a greater presence, you anchor yourself firmly into the now. Purpose. Purpose is your North Star or Southern Cross for those who are listening in the Southern Hemisphere. This is what guides your actions, but is also the yardstick by which you measure the value in your life. In other words, purpose is the GPS that points you in the right direction and lets you know when you have arrived. The road ahead may not be straight or flat, and sometimes you may feel lost in the fog. However, a true purpose will let you know in your heart of hearts what should be your next move. It is said that we make an average of 35,000 conscious decisions per day. Of course, (laughs) nearly all of them are simply there to get us through the day, but a few of them might have some real impact on you and others. Having a clear purpose removes a lot of the guesswork and keeps you on a steady track. As a side benefit, the people around will understand better what you are about. So what is my purpose? That is a question that can only be answered by yourself. It is a bummer that we don't get a purpose assigned to us at birth or that we could find it in a fortune cookie. But on the bright side, it also means that you can choose who you want to become. And the best part (laughs) is that you can also change and refine your purpose along the way. If you are present and have presence, you will know the impact of your purpose and If you believe that it is time for a course correction, don't be afraid. 
It is the natural process of growth. Perception. Perception is keeping all of your senses open. The world is speaking and it is up to you to listen to what it has to say. This is by no means a passive thing, nor is it an obvious thing to do. Perception requires that you actively, consciously expand your awareness. This openness is not only of the senses, but also of the mind. Free yourself from judgment. The urge to critique is very strong. But ultimately, you need to see the world around you for what it is and not for what you make it to be. Nothing is really black and white or good and evil. You are surrounded by every shade in the spectrum and nobody will fit neatly in the box that you have invented for them. Every event and encounter adds a little more to the tapestry of the universe. So take a step back and take it all in, warts and all. Projection. So projection is your will made manifest. How do you project yourself to the outside world and to others? How are you projecting your energy to the universe? You are a giant ball of energy and your projection is a form of manifesting. You can also think of projection as a super active combination of presence and purpose. Your thoughts, words, and actions are all in alignment. No contradictions allowed. It is then that you will see the universe line up. Your obstacles melt away and the success is within your reach. Being the last P, it is also the hardest to achieve. So don't be discouraged and strengthen yourself with the other four P's. The five P's, present, presence, purpose, perception, and projection have helped me a lot in my journey. And I hope that it can help you as well. While some of it may come easy for you, some will likely be a challenge. Please remember that it is all about taking it one day at a time and be the best that you can be. So keep in mind one last P, perseverance. Next up, the Q&A. I want to thank everyone for writing in. All your questions are interesting. I can't answer all questions I received, but keep listening and your question might be answered in a future episode. Remember, these are my opinions, so please take them as such. Dear Kiddo Moon, I have started reading tarot cards and gotten good at reading for friends. There are a lot of tarot card readers out there. How do I grow as a tarot reader and is it worth it to begin a business as one? Michelle B. Hi, Michelle. Tarot is a great tool to use in your everyday life. Tarot's history originally was made as a fun game you can play between friends. I would continue to read them from a lighthearted perspective. 
Tarot is a great way to give some perspective on a situation you might not see or need preparation for. But it's not some mystic, scary tool to be treated with fear. Use your deck as you feel comfortable with. Trying to memorize every little information on every card will end up being the longest way to learn tarot. I feel reading from your intuition and assigning your own impressions for each card is the best way to grow as a reader. You are in control of the cards and the reading not the other way around. I'm sure you know this already, but make sure to cleanse each new deck you purchase and after reading other people. But for yourself, you don't have to cleanse every time, but you will feel when your cards need a good cleanse or switch out to another deck. Sometimes decks need a break. I think it's great Tarot has become popular and widely accepted now. I purchased my first deck around 24 years ago. And at the time, I was working at a bookstore and I saw a deck on clearance. Now, uh, it wasn't the nicest artsy deck you see today. But at the time, as a college student, the cheap price tag was worth it. I quickly started to read for myself and friends and it was very easy for me. To this day, I don't remember the traditional tarot cards information in great detail, but I have learned the general meanings and I read them intuitively. Reading with my intuition has always worked best for me and I think many readers gravitate to read that way as well. So I wouldn't worry about getting information right or what a client's reaction might be. Just take control of the cards and the story they tell. To grow as a reader, I would keep practicing. You can pull cards for yourself every day to help practice how they feel and mean to you and different energetic combinations that you pull. Also, you can try out oracle cards as well and combine both and see how the information evolves. Once you feel you have already gotten the hang of it, you can sign up for fairs or um, even some new age bookstores to do practice readings for free or you could charge a small fee. This will help you read total strangers and help you practice how to communicate what you're picking up from the cards. I feel the number one important task any reader needs to practice and understand is how to communicate with people. You have to be aware of the right words you choose to explain what you are seeing. Some people can be easily triggered, and if you say certain words in a negative light, it can leave a bad lasting effect on your client. Nobody wants that, so just be aware how you convey the messages you get. From practicing with strangers, you can then sign up for reading groups and practice more and also learn from other tarot readers and their style of reading. I believe being open and learning and then taking what you learn and making it your own is the best way to go. Well, in anything, don't feel compelled to read like everyone else because that's how they do it. After you feel more established, you can start to offer your services for more money and sign up for a spot at a store 
or you can create a website and read over video if you feel comfortable with that. I personally wouldn't quit your day job right away as any new enterprise, it does take time to grow. So good luck and remember to have fun with it. Hi, Kitty Moon. My child wakes up in the middle of the night talking to someone and it really scares me because she has detailed conversations. When she wakes up, she does not recall any of this. Do you think she is talking to a loved one or ghost? Uh, what can I do to help her sleep more restfully? Thank you for your time, concerned mom. Hi, concerned mom. I'm a mom as well, so I understand your worry, but I don't think there is anything to worry about. My husband and children, they all talk in their sleep on and off, and it's creepy every time for me. You didn't mention your child's age or what the topic of conversation she is having, but as long as it's nothing bad like scary topics that would make anyone worry... I don't think there is a cause for concern. I think it's typical for all kids to talk in their sleep or even move a lot. After all, their brain and body is changing and growing at an accelerated rate. But a full-on conversation is odd and, well, that intrigues me. <laughs> so if you want to write to me back and give me more info, I would love to help more. As for now, the best advice I can give is... If she is talking to a spirit and there is nothing negative being said, or she is not showing any signs of fears, I wouldn't worry. She could be talking to a loved one, her spirit guides, or talking to her higher self. If you see a change where she is talking to someone often when she is awake, then I would investigate further. You never want a spirit to have an overbearing presence. Before she goes to bed, you can practice imagery with her, like have her imagine things that make her feel happy, loved, and protected, and tell her to focus on these loving images while she falls asleep. This can help settle her energy and help with any bad dreams she might have in the future. Uh, another great thing you can try is a kid's weighted blanket. It will help her sleep more soundly and feel more secure, like a nice comfy hug, and prevent her from moving around too much in her sleep, which can leave her feeling tired when she wakes up. I, I myself have a weighted blanket, and it's worked wonderfully for me because I sleep so deeply, but always visiting other planes, and I wake up with my arms in the air making really weird hand gestures. Um, so the weighted blanket has helped keep my arms down and I'm not being awoken often and I do get better quality sleep. Now, during the summer, you might want to switch out to a lighter version of a weight blanket or even use bamboo material, which has a great cooling effect. Um, stay calm and try not to worry too much about her odd conversations and keep me posted. This concludes episode 7, season 1 of The Survival Guide of a Psychic Medium. Each episode is uploaded every Thursday. If you would like to send in a question for me to answer, you can do so via my website, kiddomoon.com, 
or simply email me at kiddomoon at gmail.com. I'm also on Instagram under the same name, Kiddomoon. Remember, stay kind to yourself and to others. Talk to you later. Thank you.